Well, hey, friends, I'm so glad that you're here with us. What a wonderful time of worship that we've already had. But can I just say what a crazy month we've had, right? Who could have even imagined that in January, as we're beginning this year, that we'd be facing these kinds of challenges? If someone had told me on January 1st that by May, basketball, baseball, and the Olympics would be canceled, schools and colleges would be closed, restaurants closed, businesses closed, and a roll of toilet paper would be the most coveted purchase in America. If someone had told me churches would be empty on Easter, I would have said, you're out of your mind. But that's where we are. And now we're all going out of our minds in the quarantine life, right? It feels like we've pretty much turned into dogs. We roam around the house all day looking for food. We're told no if we get too close to strangers. And we get like really excited about car rides, right? I know I feel that way. Even with Where's Waldo, the social distancing edition, even he's struggling to hide. Well, something I am excited about is that we're starting a new series beginning next weekend on Mother's Day, which is actually describing how we all feel about the weeks and the months ahead. And I have entitled this series, Disrupting Chaos. What's the future of the coronavirus? What's the future of our schools? What's the future of churches and businesses and the economy and families? Weddings, funerals, and graduations. Well, it's unknown. So how do you make a journey with God into the unknown? We're going to learn how from Jesus. Through learning just from a small part of Jesus' sermon, that we're going to do a couple different things. We're going to identify the chaos that's part of our experience right now and the ways that we could uh, too easily allow ourselves to become normalized in, in our lives. To see Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount, not as this nice spiritual suggestion, but rather as a way of life that has tangible consequences in our life. We want to help people develop strategies for dealing with anxiety during this time that can be practices that move beyond this crisis. To understand the difference between living with this mindset of scarcity versus trusting in the abundance of a good God. And to learn to be intentional about what kinds of habits we're forming during this time that will become normalized in our lives in the future. Plus, we're going to launch 21 days of prayer next weekend. I just felt if there's ever been a time where we needed 21 days of prayer, it's now more than ever as we head into the unknown. We as a church, we're going to utilize a daily prayer structured around Matthew 6, 25 through 34 in order to be continually reminded of God's provision and to regularly replace our trust in Him. So I hope you'll join us next weekend online throughout the whole 21-day prayer journey as well. But for the past few weeks, we've been focusing on different names of God declared in this amazing song that we're going to sing right after the message today. And there's actually going to be some really cool special things with that. It declares that God's a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper. But today I want to focus on how He is our light in the darkness. Easter was just a few weeks ago. This amazing thing about the first Easter is that just two days before, everything looked so dark. In fact, on Good Friday, Jesus, when Jesus was crucified, the Bible says this in Luke, it was about noon and darkness. Notice that word darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun had stopped shining. I think if there is a metaphor for our lives right now, it's darkness. 2020 has started out with darkness over the whole land. What we're going through is hard, and the losses that we are experiencing are real. But here's what you need to understand about God. 
It is the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments of our lives. It is the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places, the darkest circumstances, and the darkest moments of our lives. If you open up your Bible right now with me, or you can see this on the screen, you can see that the very first line on the very first page of the Bible, it reads, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. When the world began, darkness was over the whole land. Before God creates something beautiful, or before God brings light into the darkness, before all of that, there was chaos and darkness. There's a Hebrew word for that that's fascinating for this phrase that's translated formless and empty. The word is tuhu va vuhu. Tuhu, not tofu, but tuhu va vohu. Just try saying it. It's kind of fun, right? Tuhu va vohu. Tuhu va vohu literally just means it's like this swirling mass of nothingness and confusion, this chaotic, topsy-turvy, swirling, disorienting black darkness. And tuhu va vohu even kind of really sounds sort of dark and foreboding, doesn't it? That's what the world is right now. It's chaotic. And let's be honest. Many of us feel like today is tuhu va vohu all over again. Within weeks, this nice orderly life that we had created and uh, now all had been just swept away by the dark, swirling mass of chaos and darkness. And for many of us, this is a time of economic darkness. Your business was going along and then it was completely upended overnight. 401ks are shrinking to 201ks. Many of you have lost jobs. And for many of you, this time is a time of emotional darkness. Maybe you battle with depression or mental health or anxiety, and it's just all so much. Maybe you've been clean and sober for a long time, but the chaos of everything has you on the verge, literally, of relapse. For many, this is a time of relational darkness. Some marriages are under incredible strain right now. For anyone who has ever wondered what it would be like to have unlimited time with children and families, well, now you know, <laughs> right? And with all everything closed up in your home, and it's just creating this gigantic tinderbox about to explode with emotions and outbursts of anger, or even worse, all of those things are happening right there in front of you. All of these birthdays that were typically where you gather and commune with others, laugh, hug, and celebrate are now drive-bys. And by the way, it's just really incredible to see how we come together and fight to love others from a distance. And for millions of people globally who have been affected with the coronavirus at this time, it's a physical darkness. By now, almost all of us know someone personally who has this horrific virus. It's hit our church family. And even as we bend the curve, the number of deaths still just takes your breath away. And the hurt that we have a number of friends in our faith communities right now who have lost someone during this time is truly awful. Our loved ones, and I'm talking with you on a regular basis, are dying alone and we can't hug and visit and our funerals and celebrations of life have to wait or there's either 10 people in a room not allowed to be close to one another, just far apart. But also, this is a time of spiritual darkness, which is why I was 
not surprised when I read that since March 11th, 200 countries and 200 different countries, searches on Google for prayer and for God has spiked to unprecedented levels. In short, it's really because of the coronavirus, more people than ever are literally searching for God. Isn't that incredible? And to be honest, I think that by having more time to think and reflect at home, some of us are actually confronting the darkness lurking in the shadows of our own souls as well. There may be darkness. There may be tu-hu-vo-vu-hu over the land right now. But it's the nature of God to bring light into the darkest places and the darkest circumstances and the darkest moments of our lives. Remember how Genesis 1 describes it. Now the earth was formless. It was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. But now notice this next phrase. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Things were out of control. They're confusing. They're chaotic and dark. But the Spirit of God was there all along hovering and waiting. And I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over your life right now. He's trying to get your attention to let you know that he's there, that that life cannot and should not ever go back to normal for you because normal wasn't working. The Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering in the midst of the darkness. And then we see, and God said, let there be light And there was light, and God said that the light was good, and he separated light from darkness. God creates beauty out of a mess. God brings order out of chaos that's taking place all around. And God brings light into the darkness. That is who God is. And this isn't just something that happens at the beginning of time when it all starts. This is what God does over and over again. And he's proved it, who he is, once and for all on Easter. Let's just go back three weeks for just a moment and relive this together. Because Jesus had come into this world at a dark time and it was filled with so much, he was, he was just filled with so much goodness and love and power. It made so much sense when he finally stands up and says one day, he says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So how horrible then when, was it when he under the cover of darkness was arrested? The one who was the light of the world. How unfair was it when they conducted this shady trial in the middle of the night in the dark shadows to condemn the light of the world? And before the disciples even know what's happening, right, they're watching Jesus carry, literally carry his own cross through the streets, stumbling under its weight, realizing that he was about to take on the whole weight of the world and all of our sin and darkness upon his shoulders, The one who in the beginning created trees was nailed to one of those trees. The the one who put blood in each of our veins shed his own blood. The one who shouted everything into existence in the beginning let out a final cry at the end and said, It is finished. And they pulled down his corpse and they laid him in a tomb And as this huge stone was rolled into place over the mouth of the cave, Jesus was locked up in a quarantine of darkness. And it was 
tohu va vohu all over again. And the Bible says that darkness came over the whole land that afternoon. Does that sound familiar? But what if I told you that in the hopelessness, the chaotic darkness, the Spirit of God was there, hovering and waiting? What if I told you on Easter Sunday morning, God said what God loves to say, let there be light. And he rolled away the stone and light burst into that tomb. What if I told you that the eyes that had closed on that cross popped open in the grave? The hands that had fallen limp behind the nails straightened in the dark. And the body that was crushed on that hill walked out of that tomb alive and victorious and radiating the light and love that can never be extinguished. Jesus walks out of that tomb like a boss on a mission that continues to be this very day to bring light and love and forgiveness and hope to every single person who's living in tohu, vo, vohu. And whatever your darkness, whatever your despair, whatever your chaos, Jesus has risen from the grave to announce that darkness does not have the last word. John 1, 4, 5 says this, In him was life, and the life was light for all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, will not, and cannot overcome it. That's the good news of Easter. And Easter is actually every week. It's why we gather on Sundays. Every week is Resurrection Sunday, where we get to see again how God is the light in the darkness. That is who he is. So let me try and encourage you with just a few reminders about what this means for us right here, right now, in the midst of this global pandemic, when darkness seems to be covering the whole land. First, I want to remember that God does some of his best work in the dark. He does some of his best work in the dark. He can take a seed that's covered with dirt and buried from the light and somehow, in the darkness, turn it into this breathtakingly beautiful flower like a lily or a rose. God can take an ugly slug-like worm, caterpillar, wrapped in a cocoon until it finally emerges into this fluttering, magnificent butterfly. And just as the Spirit of God was there in the beginning, hovering over the darkness of tohu vovuhu, waiting to bring forth light and life. And just as God was there in the darkness of the tomb, hovering and preparing to bring forth life from death, know this, that whatever kind of darkness that you're in, it has been the nature of God for thousands of years to bring light into the darkest places, the darkest moments, and the darkest circumstances. And somebody needs to hear this today because you feel like you're going through hell, through a dark struggle on the front lines, or maybe your life in quarantine feels like a dark tomb. But friends, God does some of his best work in the dark. The bright mountaintops of life, what do they do? They inspire us, but it's the dark valleys that mature us. And I really believe that God is up to something in your life right now. I know he's been something up to something in my own. I've heard so many people say, I can't wait till things get back to normal, but I've got 
much, much higher hopes than that because normal was comfortable. Normal was selfish. Normal was all about me. Normal was spiritually, honestly, lukewarm. And the coronavirus has created the perfect opportunity and reality for God to do something way beyond that in your life. He's been waiting to do this and see it happen for such a long time. And maybe it's as simple as getting into the Bible more often. And that's a great first step. Or maybe it's praying more authentically, like an authentic cry, like a guttural prayer to God. Maybe it's your patience and your character development that's happening right now. Or maybe it's getting better at showing love to the people that you actually live with, <laughs> like in those four walls. Maybe it's finally having a breakthrough in the way that you deal with stress and anxiety or Maybe it's learning to truly rest between the pillars of God's goodness and actually believing and knowing that God is in control. Maybe you could pray while you're stuck in this chaos, God, how do you want to use me in this time? How do you want to use me in this time in my life? God, draw closer to me as I draw closer to you. God, show me a change in me that I'm supposed to make. So when all this is over and I, I just don't go back to making the same mistakes and do the same things and the same shallow living I did before because it says that you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. God does some of his best work, friends, in the darkness. Second, I want you to remember that if you're a follower of Jesus, God sends us to shine light in the darkness. This virus may be contagious, but I'm praying that the light of Jesus is even more contagious at this time. When the world is in the dark, the church of Jesus Christ needs to shine the brightest. We don't get to hide our light. We let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Jesus didn't just say, I'm the light of the world. He pointed right at his followers, right at you and right at me and said, you are the light of the world. Now you go let your light shine. And many of us have been shut in our houses and it may seem like it's hard to find ways to let your light shine. But Jesus said, don't hide it under a basket or cover it or behind closed doors. So at Northgate, we're not going to back down. We're not going to slow down. We're not going to shrink back from our mission to take the light of Jesus and let it shine. And by the way, I just want to say thank you to all the Northgaters who are shining their lights so, so bright during this time. Checking on neighbors, those who are right here around you, volunteers helping with food distribution all over communities where we have campuses and, and around the Bay Area, small groups that are sewing masks and Northgate families writing and sending encouraging notes and gifts to those who literally are on the front lines there and ready to encourage them. And it's because of your generosity, Northgaters, that we've actually got to secure hundreds of pounds of food for local organizations throughout Northern California. And it's so amazing to see you come through in that way. We're still doing this powerful work in West Asia to help translate the Bible into new language as people are hungry more than ever for the good news of Jesus. In Africa, we're still funding the work being done to support fresh, clean water for those who don't have it, teaching them about the water of life that can only be had through Jesus. Orphans receiving education and clothes, learning good hygiene habits that they so desperately need right now. 
And in Cambodia, as you've heard over the last couple of weeks, even now there is a fight that we're in against sex trafficking young girls. And the winds are still happening. Locally in San Francisco, we're still partnering with those serving the homeless and the pregnancy care clinics and in rehab and in need of food. We're also uh, supporting so many, a number of people all over the world who are still moving the gospel forward through your generosity. And every week, through a dollar, we're helping local people. Just this last week, we had someone who was blown away that the church would help them in this tangible way. Not making an ask of them, but unleashing compassion. What? A church actually cares enough to give me money and support me this way? This is unheard of. This is what they say. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for shining light because the world needs it now more than ever. When you bring the light of Jesus, you bring peace in the midst of panic, comfort where there's grief and love where there is loss. So thank you for shining light, for shining the light of Jesus into the darkest places, the darkest moments under the darkest circumstances. So there's one last thing I want you to remember, and then I'll finally be done for those of you who thought I would never be done. <laughs> and our team is going to lead us in this amazing song in just a few moments. But here's one last thing I want you to remember. Jesus invites you to follow him as your light in the darkness. Because just as it was in the beginning of time, when things looked dark and foreboding, and just as it was on that first Easter Sunday, when Jesus was quarantined in the grave and the darkness covered the land, things look dark right now and many are afraid and discouraged. But what if I told you things are not what they seem? What if I told you that God was making you stronger right now and that our church was getting stronger? Would you even believe it? What if I told you that your family could grow closer and your marriage and relationships could become more united? What if I told you that God actually wants to use this dark time to make you stronger? What if I told you that when nobody can go anywhere, that God is on the move and spiritual renewal is breaking out all over? Because we know that God does some of his best work in the dark. And we know that God sends us to shine the light in the darkness. And we know Jesus is inviting anyone and everyone and that includes you right now, to follow him as your light in the darkness. Notice Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Notice Jesus says, whoever follows me. Listen to me. Whoever you are, however dark your life, you are not too dark too dirty, too lost, too broken, too screwed up, or too far away from God. And with a humble heart, you could just say to Jesus today, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to be my light in the darkness now and forever. You see, here's what I believe. Just as the Spirit of God was hovering in the tohu vovohu, Darkness and creation waiting to bring light just as the Spirit of God was hovering over the dark tomb of Jesus on Easter Sunday morning waiting to bring light and life. 
The Spirit of God is hovering in your house, your apartment, your condo, over your life today. And I know God has been speaking to so many of you today. And many of you need to make a decision to follow Jesus today. What if I told you Jesus, the light of the world, wants to forgive your sins today? What if, what if I told you that he loves you and wants to have a relationship with you? What if I told you that you don't have to live in darkness in this life, nor in the life to come, but you could have hope forever? That's what Jesus offers right now. Maybe today, right now, you know the Spirit of God is hovering over you, and it's time to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've been playing games with God, running from God, ignoring God, or being casual with God. Now is your moment to come before the Creator God, the risen Jesus. And if this is what you want, why don't you just silently pray this with me? Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you. I choose to follow you. I love you. I give my life to you, Jesus, because you gave your life for me. And I ask you to forgive my sin, to be my light in this darkness, through this present trial, and through whatever else life may bring. If you've prayed that prayer with me today, I want to ask you to let us know. And this is important. Jesus says, whoever will confess me before others, I will confess before the Father. So would you let us know? You can do that just by texting the word TCE1 to 94000. Again, that's TCE1 to 94000. I'll leave that on the screen for a while so you have it. Our team wants to celebrate with you and to help you take some next steps in your spiritual journey. So I want to ask you, please let us know. And once we can get past this pandemic, we can also help you take your next step in expressing your faith and baptism. But may we all remember today, wherever we find ourselves, that God is our light in the darkness. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, and light in the darkness. Would you pray with me? Father God, we give this worship to you. We're so honored that you are the light in the darkness, that you are hope, you are foundation, you are steadfast, you are almighty, you are the great I am, you are Elohim, you're the healer, Jehovah Rapha. God, that you keep your promises. And God, that you gave us Emmanuel, God with us. That you gave us Yeshua, Jesus. We love you and we praise you in your name. Amen.